Guys, before we get into today's episode, I have a really important announcement I want to make sure you do not miss. March is going to be a really exciting month in the Primal Potential universe, and I wanted you to be the first to know that I am hosting a completely free training on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You do need to register, and the easiest way for you to do that is to just find me on Instagram and message me with the word tips, T-I-P-S, tips, and I'll send you the link to register. Otherwise, I'm going to make a point to put it in the show descriptions, but message me tips. It'll go to you automatically. Get in touch with me in any way you can if you want that link to register, and for some reason you can or can't figure out how to message me with the word tips, but that's going to be the easiest way because here's the thing. There's a lot of things that we want to be able to do intuitively, automatically, without so much hard work and effort. But to get to the point where you're doing it intuitively and as a matter of habit, you've got to do it intentionally. And that comes with a lot of challenges, whether those challenges are our own excuses, our fears of failure, All of the past times we've tried and failed that make us doubt that we can do it, or maybe it's social situations that pull us away from our goals. I want to walk you through a process of creating your own personal protocol that takes into account all of the unique factors about you, your preferences, your lifestyle, your most common excuses, your fears and your doubts. And I want to take you through that process live in a format where I can answer your questions in real time. And we're going to be doing that on this free training that again is Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Find me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Message me the word tips, T-I-P-S, and I'll automatically send you that link so it can happen really fast. You don't have to wait on my reply. That's the best and easiest way. I'll also, moving forward, make a point to put the link in the show description, but I really want you to be there. It is live. You do have to register. It is Thursday, March 21st, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Mark your calendar. Make sure to register. I also have some pretty exciting announcements Maybe the most exciting things that have happened in Primal Potential in the last almost 10 years or coming up on 10 years, I really want you to be there. Message me the word tips. I'll automatically kick you that registration link. If for some reason you can't do that, send a smoke signal, flag me down, find a way to get in touch with me. I want you to be there. Mark your calendar now, and I will plan to see you for that live training Thursday, March 21st, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. 
Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thanks so much for spending a little bit of your time with me today. Today is a special day. This episode airs on June 11th, which is our fundraising 5K day for the Dagny Foundation. You can walk absolutely anywhere. If you've waited until the last minute, you don't even have to walk. You can swim. You can bike. You can sit and watch TV and <laughs> just let you the your money do the bidding for you. Thank you in advance to all of you who have supported the Dagny Foundation. I can't even begin to tell you what it means to our family, but that is what today is. It's a very special day, and I'm glad that so many of you are taking part. If you haven't yet signed up to participate in one way, shape, or form, I'll put the link in the show description. We also have a big giveaway today, Edge. If you've listened for a while and you used to listen when Chris was on every Saturday, you know he would cringe when I would give this away because we go through this like crazy in our house, and it <laughs> It annoys Chris when I give it away, but you know, he's not here and I like giving it away. So we are giving away Edge today. Edge is my go-to daily beverage. It's a powder though. It's a drink mix um, and it comes in either a canister or stick packs. It's what I drink every single day and there are a few reasons for it. I've previously done an episode all about it, so I'm not going to go into all the reasons I love it here, but I will link in the show description for those of you who are curious it's all natural, no caffeine, no calories, no carbs, no sugar, no artificial colors or flavors, all of those really great things. Um, and I drink it because plain water just doesn't like meet my needs right now, but also because of the way that it supports flow, focus, metabolism, those sorts of things. Um, I've been drinking the grape lately because that's the flavor that comes in the stick packs. I like the watermelon as well, and it's not like I'm going anywhere <laughs> that I need the stick packs, but that is what we are giving away today to somebody who has left a review of the show recently. So if you want to win, no strings attached, just leave a review. If you've already left one, that's okay. You can leave a review on any particular episode. Totally up to you. I'll announce the winner at the end of the show, and now... Let's get into a few things that are on my mind today. Before I get into some questions that have come in that are fantastic questions, I wanted to touch on something that I shared on social media the other day. And what I shared was outwork your self-doubt. Outwork your self-doubt. It resonates with me so much because... Doubt is a real thing. It is a real force. It is a frustration for a lot of people. It can be a barrier for a lot of people. And it's also super normal. It's super normal to question, can I do this? Do I have what it takes? And I, I have faced this in so many different areas of my life. I absolutely faced it starting a business. I still face it in business if I'm taking on something new or I'm in a pivot place or something's shifting in the business. Can I do this? Do I have what it takes? And, and starting out, certainly, it was like, is this going to work? Outwork your self-doubt. 
at work it. There is nothing that we cannot do if we shift our energy from all the reasons that it's hard, all the times in the past where maybe we haven't been successful, and just give that to effort. Outwork your self-doubt. I talk to people every single day who doubt their ability to lose weight. And I get it. Not only have I been there, but it's something that is on my mind very regularly now as I gain weight literally daily (laughs) in this pregnancy. And not only that, I mean, most of you guys know this is babies three and four in three years. So I've had pregnancy, pregnancy, double pregnancy. And I think about how hard I worked to get to a place where I felt amazing about my body and amazing about my fitness and my strength and all of those things. And I, quite frankly, don't feel amazing about my body. I feel amazing about what my body is doing, for sure, no question about it. But aesthetically, don't feel so amazing. Functionally, don't feel so amazing. And I think about not just the road after the twins are born and and fitness and health and fat loss and all of those things that, of course, will come in time, but also maintaining strength now and eating well now. And when doubt comes up for me, it's not an if, it's a when, I love this reminder. Outwork your self-doubt. Just the other night, I was having a back and forth with one of my clients who has been in a place of longing for results for a very long time and not doing the work. And day after day, having one reason or another reason to not do the work. And there comes a lot of doubt with that. Like, what's going to be different this time? Well, you don't have to figure that out. You don't have to answer that. You just have to get to work. So many times we lose momentum because we're, we're in our head. We're trying to logic our way through it in theory versus just getting to work. Outwork your self-doubt. There are a number of things that I want to get done, accomplish, achieve before these babies are born. And the doubt absolutely comes up. Can I do it? Do I have enough time? Do I have the focus? Outwork it. Don't get in your emotions, in your feelings, just get to work. I'm mentoring people every single day who are developing side hustles alongside me. And there is, for so many of them, if not all of them, doubt because it's new. They're starting something new. And for a lot of them, it's something they've not done before. Just outwork your self-doubt. Is it easy? No. Is it simple? Yes. What does it look like today or what does it look like in the next two hours to outwork my self-doubt? Because we probably have the answers already of what we need to do, but we're just rationalizing and debating and putting off whether we're going to do it or not. Outwork your self-doubt. I just think that that is a powerful, simple mantra that can help all of us redirect to action time and time and time and time and time and time again. 
I know I need it. I know I use it. And I hope that one's a, an actionable one for you as well. All right, we've got four different questions that came in from listeners this week. Please do not hesitate to reach out, DM me on Instagram, or just tag me in the Primal Potential Facebook group. I love getting questions from you guys. And as I've said a hundred times, this isn't my show, this is your show. So if you have a struggle or a challenge or something you want to hear about, I want to know so that I can weigh in on it. The first one's a, a personal one, kind of a, a silly one, fun, lighthearted one. What does Roman do now that is super cute? So Roman, for those of you who don't know, is my 13-month-old, just turned 13 months. Um, I think everything he does is cute. <laughs> I'm really biased. I'm really biased. In fact, this past week was the first week that I was on solo parenting duty. God bless single moms and single dads. Like, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Especially when you have babies. Um, so I was solo with Roman this week. Chris was chaperoning his daughter's school trip out of state. And uh, I was texting Chris pictures and and things like that and I mean we're just (laughs) we think everything he does is super cute but to be specific and answer the question what does he do now that's super cute um he is really into climbing climbing everything the kid is fearless and every day he's figuring something new out that he couldn't get to the day before you know, a couple of weeks ago, it was he can get up on the couch now. Our couch is pretty high off the ground. And it used to be that he'd need to like step on something or, you know, be picked up by one of us. And now he can maneuver his way up there. And it's just really fun to watch him figuring things out. He can get up onto the coffee table now without having to step on something or have assistance. And I just really love watching the process of like he tries something, it doesn't work. So he tries something else. And just so many lessons in life about that. You know, sure, he gets frustrated, but he doesn't stop trying. Um, There's a little kid chair that we have that has a cushion on it, but behind the cushion, which he can't see, there's like rungs of the chair. I'm not sure why, but there are. And so he's realized that he can like essentially climb the cushion and then get up to the windowsill. And he's really working to stand on the windowsill. And yes, of course, he's supervised. But uh, that's just a, a lot of fun to watch him keep trying something new and what he couldn't do for the last three weeks, you know, he can do today, which is just really fun. And he says, dada and ball. And I put up a video of him babbling the other day. Well, not even babbling, but saying like baby. Um, Yeah, it's a fun age. All right. The next question says, what is your greatest challenge and how did you overcome it? I've had a lot of doozies. (laughs) I mean, being obese for the majority of my life, uh, having a weight food struggle on a massive scale for decades, um, that was huge. But I write about that in Chasing Cupcakes and sort of the process of of overcoming that. Um, But I would say the greatest, because certainly that was really tough and starting a business was tough and divorce was a huge challenge. The greatest challenge was and still is the death of my daughter. You know, Um, I never in a million years considered 
her death a possibility? Sure. Like I think most women, I considered miscarriage a possibility. I, I knew that that was possible and had those anxieties until the day she was born. And when she was born, I certainly thought about things like her getting sick. I mean, she was born on March 6, 2020. So like people were just starting to really freak out about COVID. And so we were having conversations about like what visitors we would have or not have and what precautions we would take or not take. So I certainly entertained things around like her being sick, but I never truthfully ever, it never crossed my mind that she could die. And I didn't see it coming and no one did. Our pediatrician didn't. My OBs didn't. Like nobody did. Even the ER docs that day just said, looks great. You'll be home before you know it. We're going to give you some IV fluids. Like nobody saw it coming. And not only was it the greatest challenge then, it's the greatest challenge now. It's the greatest challenge now because it's very lonely Yes, I share it with Chris and I share it, you know, I share the loss with my mom and my sister shares that loss and, and you know, our, our families in general share that loss. And a lot of you guys share that loss. I mean, I think about the client group that I had at the time that was just emotionally invested uh, as great friends would be because they were great friends. Um, but there's something about the the maternal piece of it um, that still makes it hard to work, still makes it hard to be social, still makes it hard to have normal conversations. I mean, just as an example, one of our friends has a handful of kids and very routinely will say to Chris or just in general to both of us, like, you know, well, and you guys only have one kid. And, you know, Chris does have a, a daughter from a previous relationship, but doesn't have custody of her. Um, and I understand what he's saying, but like my my grief and my sense of loss just goes through the freaking roof over the littlest things like that. Or every single time I go to a doctor's appointment for the twins, oh, is this your first? And then when the answer is no, like, how many do you have at home? And it's just, the second part of the question is, how did you overcome it? Uh, I didn't. I can say of other really huge challenges in my life, like losing weight, very well documented in Chasing Cupcakes, the process there and on this podcast and the process continues, of course. Um, and with building a business, it was just staying in action, right? Staying in action, um, learning a lot, putting myself around great people. Uh, also well documented here, here on the podcast. Um, but the biggest thing being staying in action and really going back to what we talked about at the start of the show, like outwork your self-doubt. There's no reason that you can't put in the effort and make something happen. But grief is very different. You can't effort your way through it. And it has different shapes and different intensities every single day. And grief is often very illogical. Um, 
and being in the position that I'm in, a lot of people offer their perspective on where I'm at in my grief. And uh, that's uncomfortable. So I don't think I have overcome that challenge. I did, in Tools for the Trenches, share a lot of things that just help me with the day-to-day. Um, the biggest of them being, I don't try to contain it or make it be a certain way to make other people comfortable. You know, I understand that anger might be irrational or that like feeling isolated might be optional to some extent. But I'm also very accepting of like, that's where I am right now. That is where I am right now. And I don't have to change it. It doesn't need to be different. I don't need to judge it. So I would say that the biggest tool that I rely on day to day is just accepting what it feels like. If some days it feels like it happened yesterday and I'm a disaster and a half, that's okay. That's okay. And if other days I'm super angry or hurt, that's okay too. I'm trying to experience it versus curate my experience of it, if that makes sense. And, and to me, that's a very big difference, just allowing it to be what it is versus trying to curate it, which is interesting in the personal development space where oftentimes it's very helpful to, to put a different perspective on it. And I, that is absolutely a tool that I use in my marriage, you know, putting a different perspective on it that I use with food, that I use with fitness, that I use with money, that I use with business. But it is not a perspective that I have any interest in. It's, it's not a tool that I have any interest in using in grief right now. It's not to say that that won't be a tool later, but I'm not trying to, I'm personally not trying to like find the good in this situation or find the opportunity in it. I might, and there might even be moments in the past where I have, but the tool that I'm using most right now, the strategy that I'm using most right now is just letting it be what it is. I know that there can be a tendency to to curate it such that it doesn't hurt so much or curate it such that you don't alienate other people or curate it such that, you know, you're more in a state of gratitude or any number of other things. But where I'm at right now, which is might not be where I will be in a week or a month or a year or 10 years, but where I'm at right now is that that can prevent going through all of the stages which I feel is really necessary, and especially in a, in a situation as intense as this. So I don't know. I could probably talk about it for a million years and really not say anything, <laughs> uh, anything helpful or valuable, but that's, that's the greatest challenge. Okay, the next question says, I have a difficult time envisioning where I want to be years out in the future. I am good at setting intentions and can feel success for a long period of time, but then end up meandering with no focus and eventually lose incentive to continue with what I'm building. Do you have any tips for long-term visions or setting specific long-term goals? Well, I'll say this about long-term goals. 
expect them to change as you change. I had a very, very different vision for my life when I was 26, 27, 28, even 30 than I do now approaching 40. Have a loose grip because as you get more wise, as you get more healthy, as you get more experienced, you'll have different things. Never in my teens, 20s, even early 30s was having like a hobby farm a vision for my future. But it became compelling to me as I learned more about health and as I learned more about food. So What I think matters more than having a very clear, defined vision for your future is continuing to get healthier, more financially free, and more informed while following your passions, because I think that does more for shaping and clarifying your future vision than than anything else. So, you know, I don't know what I want my business to look like in even five years. I don't know because I don't know where I'm going to be in my life and, and I don't have things figured out in terms of like what I want my day-to-day to look like with kids and all of those kinds of things as they get older. So what I focus on instead is becoming the fittest, healthiest, most financially free version of myself while pursuing things that are interests and passions and letting everything else kind of unfold. I absolutely have some short-term goals and objectives and plans and all of those kinds of things, but I personally feel that that is a more effective thing. Uh, One of the parts of this question that I want to hone in on says, um, you know, I'm good at setting intentions, but then end up meandering with no focus. What is your routine for staying focused. If you are just hoping to be focused or wanting to be focused, that is very different than having a routine or a strategy. I time block. Obviously, it looks different being a full-time stay-at-home mom than it did before, but I still will take one task at a time. So I might not finish it before Roman wakes up for his nap, but I know like this is the first thing I'm going to tackle. And while I'm doing this, I'm not going to be getting a snack. I'm not going to be checking email. I'm not going to be doing other things. I'm not going to be on Facebook or watching TV, etc. You have to have a process, a routine, a discipline. And that has nothing to do with motivation or drive. That has to do with repetition. Another piece of this that I wanted to address is it says, uh, and then I eventually lose incentive to continue what I'm building. Well, do you lose the incentive or do you just stop reminding yourself of why it's important? That is one of the biggest factors when it comes to consistency is not being in a pattern, in a habit of reminding yourself why it matters. So in the evening, you've got really great intentions to get your work done or you've got really great intentions to eat healthy tomorrow, but the next day, you're not in any way connected to why it matters, why it's important, and you're not in the habit, in the practice 
of reminding yourself why it's so important. So right now, while I'm pregnant, my food priorities are not around fat loss or not around aesthetics because I'm just getting bigger every single day no matter what. But if I'm not actively reminding myself of all the other reasons that it matters so damn much for me to make great food choices, I'm not going to make them. That has to be a repetition thing. It's a convincing thing. I have to convince myself, not only every day, but truly multiple times a day. And it happens while I'm doing other things. I'm going about my life and I'm, you know, making breakfast for Roman or I'm taking a shower. I have to convince myself many times a day why this is so important. Because if you're just hoping that you're going to maintain this drive, you're not. No matter who you are, it's eventually going to fade, either because it's not new, because it's not fresh, because your results aren't as intense, whatever it is, you have to have a pattern, you have to be committed to the repetition in reminding yourself and convincing yourself of why it really matters. All right, last question, and then we are giving away edge. I feel quite overwhelmed by the many things I'd like to improve about myself. I would like to stick to a workout plan, do better at managing finances, and make better food choices. I know that I have an all-or-nothing mentality, but how do I stay focused when there are so many things to focus on? Well, the good news is this. Everyone is in this boat, right? Everybody has many things to focus on, some within themselves, like improve my finances, eat better, work out more, clean my house more often, whatever, as well as things that are outside of themselves. They're career, their relationships, kids, extended family, all of those things. The first thing, this is exactly why, and you've heard me say this before, this is exactly why I created the Changemakers Journal because I was at a point in my life where I couldn't find that rhythm to execute and I felt like there was just a million things to do and I didn't know where to start and I felt overwhelmed by all of the options and so I created a tool for myself that I shared with my team and it ended up being so effective we decided to put it out there the changemakers journal really simplifies and streamlines it so if this is this is you and you're not using that tool try that tool beyond that though being very realistic helps and what I mean by that is You've got 24 hours in a day, okay? If we talk about one of your goals is doing better at managing your finances, that doesn't take three or four hours a day. It probably doesn't even take 30 minutes a day. That might be something that you spend an hour a month and then two to three minutes on the day-to-day. So if you are focused on being realistic and managing your time well, you can do that along with sticking to a workout plan. 20 minutes, 15 minutes. You have the opportunity for 15 minutes in your day for movement, even if it means waking up 15 minutes earlier, watching 15 minutes less of television, going to bed 15 minutes later, or anything along those lines, spending 15 minutes less on your phone, etc. Be really honest. A lot of times we just jumble this together as this large initiative and we're we're vague, we're not specific, and so in generalizing, it seems like three huge things. But on the day-to-day, if we look at execution, they're not three huge things. You know, 
uh, make better food choices. Okay, you're already making food choices. How much more time does it take measured in minutes per day to make better food choices than you were making? It might not take more time at all. And if it does take more time, it's measured in minutes, not hours. Honesty, maturity, specificity. Those are the keys. Honesty, maturity, specificity. The other piece of this is you don't have to work on all of them right now. You could say, for this week, I'm really going to focus on nutrition. And for next week, I'm really going to focus on nutrition. And it might be that after three or four weeks, you feel like you're ready to add in a 15-minute walk. Great. Do that then. But at the same time, if you're really honest and specific about what you're looking to do, you're going to find that you have the time to do it. Honesty, maturity, specificity. All right, the winner of Edge, your choice, watermelon or grape. Grape is stick packs. Watermelon is like a canister that you just, you know, scoop the loose powder. I will ship it to you no matter where you are in the world. Softball cook. Softball cook. I almost said softball cookie, but it's softball cook. If that is the screen name under which you left your review, email me, elizabeth at primalpotential.com. Within 60 days of this episode airing, let me know that you were the winner for $9.92. Include your mailing address and your preference, watermelon versus grape, and I will ship it out to you. And I hope the rest of you will take two seconds, leave a review of the podcast, and you could win something next week. I'll link the Changemakers Journal. I'll link Edge. I'll link the Dagny Foundation in the show description. So those things will be there for you. Have an amazing day. Thank you again to everybody who is participating virtually or in person in the 5K, and I'll chat with you soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.